So here it is, we're on the World of Wonder podcast. How's it going? I'm Rob. I'm Stephen. And uh, we're going to be bringing you podcasts once a week for the foreseeable future. If you like it, um, we will keep doing it. If you don't like it, we'll probably stop. So uh, if you do like it, (laughs) if you do like it, uh, get onto our social media and uh, try and share it a bit maybe and subscribe and tell a friend. Uh, The social media, so we're on Facebook at Robin Rats Wow Podcast. And Rob Rad Rob Rad podcast on Instagram. So Wow stands for World of Wonder. This is wow. the World of Wonder so, yeah. series. So we we put a lot of thought into our. Um, uh, is that an acronym? Is that what you say there? It would be. Yeah, that's an acronym. Wow. We're we're intelligent. Wow. <laughs> so uh, the the idea of these podcasts are we're going to be looking at wonderful things from around the world. We're going to be looking at the strange, the unusual, just the interesting, and uh, we're going to try and educate you and ourselves along the way. Yeah, just so you can learn something, and we're just yeah trying to find out a bit. Yeah. So if you enjoy them, send us an email, send us a WhatsApp or not a WhatsApp, but Call <laughs> to our yeah, but get in contact and uh, let us know if there's any topics you'd like us to cover. Uh, for people who are not realising where these guys are from, our beautiful accents, we are from the west of Ireland, we're from Mayo. Mayo! Mayo! Yeah, so a uh, big hello to all of our friends in China listening in. Hello. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. That is Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh. episode one. Okay, this is episode one, here this we go. This week we are talking about, he's an urban legend, a myth, but a lot of people put a lot of effort into looking into it, and it's Bigfoot. Bigfoot? Bigfoot. The man himself. The old Yeti. The myth. Yeah, but look, it's interesting. So, Robert, you know I've been looking into Bigfoot over the last couple of weeks. and Stephen, you know I don't know anything about Bigfoot. <laughs> I do know that. Yeah, that's okay. I'm, so I'm here to learn along with the listeners. Exactly. But right, the thing about Bigfoot is, for thousands of years, or thousands of people claim to have seen him. Um, there's been hundreds of... Every year there's hundreds of sightings, in, mostly in America. The most common place mm. is... The Pacific Northwest, and if you don't know where that is, that's around kind of California, Oregon, Washington, because there's thousands of square miles of forest there. And, and the Bigfoot's like that? Well, apparently. No, that's apparently where they're meant to Oh, yeah. Be. Yeah, okay. So, if we go right in the timeline of Bigfoot, this is, you know, how we'll start off. Okay. So, Bigfoot dates back years and years and years. Like, there's an explorer in America, but Leif Erikson was his name. Leif? Leif Erikson. He was an explorer. L-E-A-F. Leif, yes. That was his first name. <laughs> the the man it. who's exploring the forest is called Leif. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. carry on. But, I like uh, it already. That was a huge name back yeah, then. It Leif. was like John. It was very common. He's part of the family tree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's leaves everywhere. They branched out. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. We're not going to do this. <laughs> okay. Like, the jokes will get woody. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Leif Erikson was an explorer, right? And he, his men wrote about big, hairy creatures that walked on two feet and had black eyes. There was another guy, if we go to 1840, there was an E. Walker, and he was a missionary, and he worked with the Spugan Indians, their Native American tribe. And in his diary entry, he wrote, this is weird, of a race of hairy giants who lived in the mountains, and who sometimes came down at night and stole the tribe's fish. And uh, the people knew he was coming down because of the foul stench and the sound of him. He was That's a stinky one. man. He was stinky. But yeah. Bigfoot, apparently that is one very common thing about anyone who reports a Bigfoot sign, is he stank. Like yeah. really bad He's got a lot stink. of hair. You can imagine if that hair gets wet. Yeah, yeah. It would yeah, stink. Like you have a wet cat. Yeah, you know, exactly. A big wet cat. But apparently he smelled rank anyway. Okay. So, I'm going to fast forward a little bit, right? So later on in the podcast, we're going to hear from uh, Carter Bouchard. So Carter is uh, an investigator for <clears throat> B- BFRO, is the Bigfoot Field of Researchers organization. It was Ooh. founded in 1995. Okay. And these are all like, you've got like 
scientists and you've got all them like they investigate Bigfoot and they have since then they're really interested in it basically Carter is one of the investigators for them and he goes and talks to people who've had encounters and kind of tries to tell if they're get the feel if they're telling a lie or telling the truth or whatever right so 1958 Robert are you with me I'm with you 1958 I'm picking set the scene set the scene I got my eyes closed Jerry Crew Jerry is a tractor operator for a logging company and this is a big thing for Bigfoot, right? In 1958, he was in Bluff Creek Road in California. Bluff. And he sees Bluff. This mm. is not a bluff. <laughs> okay. Right? He sees a massive footprint on the side of the road. And he's shocked. Like, Jerry is. Like, he's kind of freaked out. He sees these footprints. So what he did was he got plaster Paris or plaster, whatever he got. And he put it into the foot. And he just made a cast of it. Ah. And this is huge because this is where the name Bigfoot was coined. What Jerry did, he went to the Humble Times newspaper back at the time of the 50s. And he Humble he, Times. Humble Times. Back the- <laughs> yeah, but he featured on the front page. It's him holding, that's a very iconic picture, is Jerry holding the big foot. And that's kind of, you know, a lot of stuff has spun off from that, like the him with the big foot in his hands. So what do you make of that, Robert? Are you with me? I'm with you, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Uh, is it just, is it a normal foot? Does it have like five toes? Uh, yeah, as far as I know, it it's just like a really big yeah, you foot. Can, you can see it on the picture. The okay. only thing is, right, this is a massive thing. This is when the term was coined, right? So then you have, in 2003, a guy called Ray Wallace. Ray Wallace was a colleague of Jerry Crew. And his children announced that this was a prank. That Jerry had carved the feet out of wooden... He carved wooden feet and he did it as a joke and he couldn't believe the... Um, he couldn't believe the uh, how it spiralled and how big it had gotten. So, but a lot of then Bigfoot people who are believing Bigfoot and believing the facts, they don't credit the Wallace story that it was a hoax. They okay. don't want to believe. They it. don't want to believe it. They no. want they're they're after the yeah you know, okay. Exactly. So I've just done a little Google here and had a look at yeah. the Humble Times. If anyone's listening, it's fairly handy. It took me two seconds. That and is a big foot. That is a pretty big foot. It's a guy holding a pretty big foot. It is probably it's the size of his abdomen. Yeah. Really, isn't well, it? That's, the, that's one of the most iconic pictures. Yeah, I'd never seen it. Yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. And but like, yeah, so he, so basically the Wallace family, he claimed he did it as a prank. He carved it out of wood. But then like, you've got real scientists who still fully believe in big Real scientists. They say, yeah, real scientists. <laughs> like, you know, our fingerprints, they've got the lines and waves. Yeah. There are footprints that actually have them indentations in okay. it. Okay. do look like they come from an animal. So... Right, we're going to fast forward again in time, Robert. What year are we going to? We're going to... No. What year are we going to? We were in 58 there yeah, not so long ago. Not, okay, this Back is, in humble times. This is the 60s, right? This is another iconic time for Bigfoot. This is actually... Stephen's just gone over to the corner of the studio there. He'll be back in a second. Yeah, yeah, I'll be right back. <laughs> over to the corner of our studio. And um, I must just say, uh, I wanted to say it at the start of this podcast, is that I would normally be quite sceptical about things like this. And yeah. uh, I don't know how you feel about... St- weird and wonderful thing but for the podcast I've decided to try and drop my scepticism which yeah. is hopefully a word and uh, try and open my mind a bit and just be uh, open minded well I am sceptic as well like, yeah. but I, I want to I try and be yeah. more open minded just for these things so yeah. I'm, not, I'm not here to judge I'm just going to I'm looking for the truth but you know what the truth more, finders yes but the more people you talk to about this like when I was interviewing um, Carter like hearing him talking about it and how he talks about other people's encounters I don't, there's a lot of, like, I've seen documentaries now on Bigfoot. There's a lot of credible people. There there. is, yeah, but you have to wonder, like, are these people crazy or are they correct? I don't know. Like, the History Channel. If you turn on the History Channel now, you see all these stories. It used to be about Hitler, and now it's about Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Yeah. Hi, Bigfoot. (laughs) Hi, Bigfoot. Right. So now we're going to the 60s. His moustache just overgrew and took his body. Right. Let me get you the year. 
Let me get you the year. Yeah, it's so. Uh, <laughs> Stephen has done quite a bit of research. He's got a clipboard here with uh, a number of A4 pages with the word Bigfoot appearing quite a lot on it. Um, so. Uh, uh, while Stephen is looking for that, let me just tell you a little bit about um, a little bit about the idea for the podcast. So we're, this is podcast number one, and we're hoping to do uh, I think a series of ten and yes. release them over ten weeks. And uh, if that goes well, then we may come back for season two. Uh, we don't have any sponsors for our podcast. If anybody out there is listening and would like some advertising for their business or anything like that, they can get in contact, send an email, uh, and we'd be happy to uh, mention your business or product or whatever it is and give it a bit of a push. We're not going to be like all those other podcasts where we spend ages at the start advertising stuff. We're doing this for, for the crack. Uh, the crack. The crack. For those of you uh, not from Ireland, we're not doing it because we're crack addicts. We're doing it because uh, you know we like to have fun. Crack in Ireland is very different to the crack on the streets of America. Yes. You're back with the year? I'm back with the year. Okay. That was a nice filler there I did, wasn't it? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, okay. Right, so this is also, you would have seen this, and if people want to see, it's the Patterson-Gimlin film. Right, so Ro- Robert Gimlin and Roger Patterson, they went out trying to find Bigfoot back in 1967. They went with a, whatever, Super 8 camera or whatever it is they used at the time. And if people want to see this footage, right, you can go to our Facebook page or our Instagram page. We're going to post. Most of the things yeah. we talk about, we will post. We will post. But you'll yeah. see it. It'll be one of the first videos on our page. You'll see the, you can see this clip of Bigfoot. So basically, while Patterson and Gimlin were out looking for Bigfoot, apparently, you can see in the footage, they're out in the wilderness and the horse gets frightened. And the horse rears and whoever's holding the camera falls back and as they're getting up it's quite shaky footage yeah you can see a bigfoot and this is the most iconic video of bigfoot because he's walking into the woods and he actually turns and looks at the camera the film has been you know superimposed all this stuff has been done people claim oh my god yeah that's definitely a guy in a suit it's you know whatever but you know it's the most iconic footage of bigfoot okay i don't think i've ever seen it yeah, you will if you want to. Our Facebook I'm go- yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> but uh, I will. I'll have, to, I'll have to look at that. Maybe I should have done this beforehand. But the idea is also that I, I wouldn't have done any research for this, yeah. and you're going to educate me. So that's yeah. not. But um, so I was thinking, if we, how about we have a little listen to the interview now? We can go to my interview with uh, Bifro investigator Carter Bouchard, and we could hear. Carter's story. Remind us again, what does Bifro stand for? Bifro is the Bigfoot Field of Researchers organization. They also had a series on uh, Sky on Animal Planet, Finding Bigfoot. Carter done, has appeared on that show. But look, it's interesting. We can listen to Carter's experiences and the cases he's worked on. Cool. We'll go to the interview and we'll be back after that. Okay, so I'm here now with Carter Bouchard, who we're happy to have on the World of Wonder podcast. He is the man to talk to about all things Bigfoot. So, hi, Carter. Hi, Lucian. Hi. So, Carter, you've done some investigating for the BIFO, and you've had your own experiences when it comes to Bigfoot. Can you tell, like, yeah, uh, can yeah. I ask you, how many cases have you worked on? Well, I've worked on probably over a hundred. I've talked to a lot and a lot of witnesses. And ye investigate people who have had Bigfoot sightings, and you go and talk to them and find out about their credibility and stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, I'd say by by far, 90% of the people I've talked to are honest, and they're just telling what happened, believe it or not. In your people. Before we get into some of your cases you worked on, like Pacific cases, um, how can you tell us about your own experience? You said you've come across, you come across Bigfoot yourself. 
Yeah, I've had, uh, I've had three sightings. Now, they were all at night on my thermal camera. Um, were you present when you, when uh, was it recorded? Yeah, I was, I was holding the cameras. And actually, I happened to not be recording two of the times because I had been recording up to a certain period. I said, you know, I'm going to take a break and turn the record button off, save some battery. And, of course, Murphy's Law, you know that guy Murphy, uh, lo and behold, there's a squat. Uh, but the sightings were three to five seconds, but absolute positive uh, unless there's a naked 10-foot, 8-foot, 9-foot giant of some type running around the woods one o'clock in the morning, that's what I saw. Yeah. And was it far away from you? Uh, the one was probably less than 100 feet. And yeah. uh, it's, it's I, my partner and myself and uh, another person who was with us, we were sitting in a triangular formation on a sandbar in the middle of a river. And we were just sitting there in the dark. And I think it walked up on us. It had no idea we were there. And that's why it was so close. Because uh, I looked to the left, I heard something. And the person who was uh, with us, she was sitting right in my line of sight. I just looked over and I saw this huge glow over her head. I'm going, Cynthia, don't move. What do you mean? Don't move. And I started to stand up and when I got my camera up to my eye, it turned around and walked back into the woods. It was one, two, three, boom, it was over. It didn't run. It walked. It was not even remotely. And it was massive. It was huge. It was uh, it was bulky. It was uh, it was probably only six or seven feet tall as, as they go, but it was really huge. It was a, a, a bodybuilder on steroids. It was so when you see when you when you came and uh, when you saw that, like, what was your reaction to it? Were you excited or were you scared or what? What goes through your mind? Well, that was my third sighting. So by then, you know, I'm expecting to see something. I was not surprised. I was just surprised that it snuck up on us, and I don't think it saw us. And, of course, we didn't see it. And my partner, who was across the river, he saw what he thought was like there's a bush or something. We had radio contact, and he said, there's something coming at me. I just can't make out what it is. It looks like a bush, or it's just something dark blob. I can't, because he didn't have thermal. And so I just, I would just stay there. Don't get spooked. Just stay there. And then it started throwing rocks. And so that's when we knew there was something there. And uh, so, uh, but it was, it just happened, it just happened so fast. And, you know, whether it's recording or not and got something on tape, well, that's not proof anyway. I mean, no one's going to, science, the scientific community will never take a video of a thermal camera as, you know that. I mean, they want to die at times 10, you know, it's all belonging to them. Say with the likes of some of the cases you've worked on and talking to people who have had, like, we'll say even not like your experience where it's actually been, like, I know you've had stories up of face-to-face encounters. Can you tell us about some of the face-to-face encounters some people have had? Yeah, I've talked to all of them. And actually, uh, uh, the one that uh, I sent you first was that police officer. 
Uh, and this happened probably yeah, 50 miles east of my home here in uh, Liberty, Missouri. Yeah, can you tell the uh, story just so people can get a feel about? Yeah, he was, uh, this happened um, 2013. Uh, he was leaving his girlfriend's house. And at the time, he was a sheriff's deputy uh, in Lexington, Missouri. And he was leaving his girlfriend's house about 3 o'clock in the morning. And they lived, uh, like, well east of me, about 50 miles. And there's a gigantic uh, uh, conservation area there. And there was a giant apple orchard there at the time and a cattle ranch across the street. Well, he was leaving about 3 o'clock in the morning, got in his car, was driving home, and he saw a white, a whitish, grayish something down on all fours on the road, probably 25, 30 yards away from him. Yeah. And he started slowing down. He's going, what is that? It's not, it's not a bear. What is it? He was just trying to figure it out. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. He wouldn't, you know, going to stop. Could have been trouble. And, but he saw then the eyes. He saw the yellow eyes. The gl- eyes were glowing. And as he got closer, it stood up on two legs. Now, in case you don't know, the squatch is rolling on all fours. They, they're as, as quick on all fours as they are on two legs. So this creature stood up. And about the time it stood up and turned around and looked at him, he was five, ten feet away. He drove right by it at about three, five miles an hour, looked right out his driver's window and passed. They just looked at each other. And the thing was at least eight or nine feet tall, looked like it had dreadlocks. And, you know, uh, you know the, eye, the eye shine was just, you know, to him, just stunning and telling. And he knew exactly what he was seeing at the time he saw it. And he didn't tell anybody until, well, three months ago. I got the report. He, he sat on it because he didn't want to be made fun of. It's just like, you know, police and airline pilots, if you see a squatch, you don't say anything. If airline pilot, if you see a UFO, you don't say anything because that's your job, you know. Yeah. You had a good you had a good chat with him about his experience. Yeah, I've talked to him probably three or four times. And I, actually, he and I are going to go uh, uh, squatching, uh, go back and visit that area uh, pretty soon uh, after the Fourth of July holiday. Uh, so he is uh, addicted to it, and he is now. Uh, a Kansas City uh, policeman. He's moved up the ranks. He's a policeman instead of a sheriff's deputy. Yeah. But they make the best witnesses because they're trained observers. You know, uh, they're just, and you try to trip people up. You try, you ask them the same question two or three different times in two or three different areas while you're talking to them. And, and just little things, their stories just don't change. And you can tell from the emotion yeah, that's the one thing is the emotion. You can just tell that he was just riveted, shocked, scared, but he kept his composure because he did have police training. He just kept moving. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's really interesting. I don't know. I like, like 
people kind of assume that people who see Bigfoot, that people kind of are under the assumption that it's all kind of crack jobs that are nut jobs and they claim to, oh, I saw this thing. But it's not all it's not all crazy people who claim to see Bigfoot. There's some genuine, intelligent people who are, you know, who claim to see Bigfoot and their you know, stories are serious. And Yeah. No, I've had pastors, uh, mayors, uh, zoologists, uh, biologists, people that are trained to know what's out there. And when they see it, there's no doubt because they're trained. They said, you know, I don't want anything from you. You don't have to use my name. I don't want you to use my name. I don't want you to use my address or my location or my property. I'm just telling you what happened. Yeah, they're just they they anonymous. Yeah, and they have nothing to gain. And that, 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 that is a, a tell right there that I don't want anything. I just want to share this. And my whole goal as BFRO is to get as much information into the database because science totally ignores us. And do you find that one thing, do you find that a lot of the witnesses and a lot of people who see, do you find a lot of things connect and match up? And Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they don't know, you can read a bunch of reports. You can go into BFRO and read 20 reports, and you can call the next day and say, you know, I just saw this, this is what happened, and blah, 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 blah. Well, but people just don't do that. You know, because we have ways of you know, we have ways of finding out if you're 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 BSing us or not, and it's just you know they're honest, sincere people, and they come up with the same things. The eyes, it's you know either red eye glow or yellow eye glow, or they were standing, or they were running on all fours, and they smelled like sewage and death combined. And all the things that are just telltale signs, and yeah, you can read about that and come up with a great story, but it's it's in the interviewing and talking to them like people. You know, I'm sympathetic. I believe you. I know you've had an uh, horribly upsetting event, and just tell me what happened. I'm not here to doubt you. I I believe you. I've I've told a few people, listen, this is getting uh, a little weird. Your story's not matching up here. I'll pick the thing uh, maybe continue another day, and I, I just don't get back with it because you know there are people that are you know, BS again. Have you have you had anyone who has been like literally frightened out of their wits? About two miles up the road, I had a hunter. Uh, yeah, uh, he was in a deer stand about twenty feet up, and long story short, a squatch walked by, was sniffing the air like he knew he was there. He was he was bow hunting. Yeah, yeah. This creature stopped, turned around, looked right at him, looked up at him, and kind of did a, like a like a grunt. Yeah. Turned around and kept walking like, I'm not afraid of you, and I know you're afraid of me. He will never, ever go back to that spot. He was mortified. This thing looked right at me, right through me, you know. And he was on private property. Uh, he had permission to be there. And so nobody but nobody hunts on that property except him and the owner. And uh, he didn't tell the owner because he didn't want to spook the owner. Then he comes to find out that the owner, he's known him for several years, the owner started carrying a pistol on him. And he wouldn't say why. He thinks the owner has had the same experience with perhaps the same creature. But this creature looked at him, and he was... He was had his bow, and he could have shot at it, but he 
at the same time, he said, it was too human. I couldn't do it. And it was looking right at me, and it was I was, like, paralyzed. It was like it was daring me to shoot him, and, and he wasn't afraid. And he just turned around and walked away. And, and he will never, ever go back to that spot. And I can't get him to take me because the owner won't let us on the property. You know, won't let a stranger, he won't let me on the property. He doesn't want to attract attention. I've got several witnesses like that that are, have been uh, changed forever. You know, I told you about my guy last night that I'm still interviewing. I haven't published it or sent it for publishing. He will not even speak about it verbally. He will email back and forth. Simply talking about it rattles him to the core, and he just can't do it. So he'll talk to me through his life or through emails, and we go back and forth. It's really bizarre. We, you know, uh, people that have had some of these uh, people are, are, are changed forever. They just, they just are. When you see something that cannot and does not exist, and the only reason they cannot or do not is because science says so. Yeah. So you're brainwashed, and then you see this thing. It, it's either, and why would a grown man, 50, 60 years old, macho hunter, scared of nothing, talk to me and, and be afraid to talk and just crumble into almost tears because he can't relive it. If, you know, you can just tell when you talk to somebody like that that they're not BSing you. You know, there's there's not a false statement in their body. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that I, I just, I thrive on that. I, just, I, I wish for the day that I'm standing two feet from a squat and it's looking right at me. You know, I'm telling you, if it, was me, if it was me, I'd be gone. I wouldn't be standing around for too long. Now, I was going to say, it's, a, it's just a pity. You know, in the age now that we're in, where everyone has a smartphone, everyone has, you know, it's a pity we haven't got, you know, a good, decent picture or good video evidence. You know what I mean? And that, the, the proof. Yeah, and that is that's very frustrating. And I've, I've got a few pictures that I can't share because I've been I can't. They're pretty good. You know, one of them, when you look at it, and it's here in Missouri, you look at it and you go, chimpanzee. I mean, that's all it is. You, you look at it and you go, that's a chimpanzee. It's from the back. It's running on all fours uh, down a hill. I've been to the site where the photo was taken. Uh, the, the guy gave me the picture. And the science, even seeing that, is going to go, well, that could be anywhere. You know, although the time date stamp is on there, the geo, the GPS data is on the photo, so you know exactly when and where the photo was taken. You can't fake that. I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to. But there's some good stuff out there. You know, the Patterson Gimlin film that has proven not to be a hoax. And there are a few others uh, that are out there that are. That's the kind of, like, that's the kind of iconic video of Bigfoot walking yeah. and then he turns and faces the camera. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. It, you know, and uh, uh, there's a, a guy called Paul Freeman. He used to work for the uh, Washington State uh, uh, Conservation Department. He's got a couple of videos that people are kind of 50-50 on. Uh, so there's some stuff out there that science has been denying they, they exist for hundreds of years. They go back 10,000 years or more in Native American Indian lore. It's having a symbiotic relationship with the Native Americans or the Indians. Yeah, and, and there's some so, stories of like Native American tribes that are actually have reports of seeing a Bigfoot. Like there's evidence yeah, of them reporting. 
Yeah, they're on their walls. They, they've, they've written them on cave walls. I mean, they found drawings and, yeah. you know, and, and stories and, and on pottery and, and just things handed down. I just, uh, I, my final question, kind of, do you see the day coming where we come across a Bigfoot body, whether someone either hunts them down or captures one? Do you think that day will come? Yes, I think it's already come. I think it's already come. I think, I think somebody's sitting on it. I've talked to somebody who I can't name. If that was me, I wouldn't be sitting on it. I'd have it on display. I'd be charging people to come and see them. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a lot of people that run after that. It, you know, as an investigator, we have a chain of command. If one of us were to run across the body, we have some fail-safe things that we would put in place to make sure that nothing happened. And if something happened to somebody, somebody else has a piece of the pie. You know, it, there's a lot at stake. Thanks a million for coming on the show, the World of Wonder podcast. And thanks for talking to us. So what do you think of that, Robbie? You just heard um, Carter's interview there. Um, there's a lot to take in. There's a lot to take in. Um, so, a, a couple of questions. Yeah. Right? Uh, I know you probably only know as much as I know from listening to that. But when they talk about um, going out and, say, hunting Bigfoot, yeah. are they, like, talking about, like, killing Bigfoot? Squatching. Squatching. Well, no, I don't think they want... Would they hunt with a camera or a gun? That's what it would be, no, a camera. They want to go and get proper evidence of Bigfoot. That's what I think they... When they say going squatching... I do like that word, yeah. squatching. I might, I might, I might, I might, you need to go squatching. I might start using that term, just, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, Sasquatch is the name given to... There, there is a lot of names, right? Yeah. Well, the Yeti is more of a... That's the name given to the abominable snowman which is different altogether Ab- but, um, abominable or abominable I, I, which I is it is, he lives, is this one that lives like in a different part of the world he this lives in the, the snow yeah, yeah, he so it's a different, different he, like would yeah. it be like a polar bear and a brown bear different things so, living in different areas because yeah, exactly. he's trying to blend in with it's his natural totally surroundings yeah, Yeti is nothing to do with Bigfoot but I think people do give Bigfoot the name Yeti sometimes anyway his names are Sasquatch yeah. Bigfoot that's it. Or just big, a squatch. Big, or squatch, for squatch, sure. If squatch, squatch. You know, nicknames. If yeah. You're on, if you're on nicknames. All right, Squatchy. Yeah, yeah. Squatchy McSquatcherson. Yeah, but look, it is interesting. Like, it look, really is. It's got, it, well, yeah. yeah. You've got the sheriff. Yeah. They're people of authority. Yeah. And he did tell me as well before the interview, like when I spoke to him before we interviewed about a guy, who, an older man, who was terrified. I think he said it in the interview already. He would only communicate through his wife. He was really freaked out about yeah. it. He kind of just spoke to talk to someone about it. I don't know, like, a lot of people claim to see him. Is, are they all Well, he's mad, saying he's getting, mean? like, people like zoologists and all sorts of people who have come forward and said that they've seen these guys. And yeah. Are most of the reports in and around that area? Is that, is that the kind of, is that the thing that they think they, the that's where they come from? That is a huge have they been spotted, like, outside of that area? Is there, is there reports been, from been, Ireland? Has there ever I been? Don't, I don't know of any, I don't think there's been any from yeah. Ireland. But there have been some from Canada, um, I think places in Asia. And, but mainly the Pacific Northwest in America, because that has literally thousands of miles of forest. Okay. Like, there's even, like, there's... A lot of people say as well, like, okay, Bigfoot, they claim he hasn't been seen because he has evolved to have a greater intelligence. And obviously his biggest threat is man, so he avoids them. Okay. Um, they reckon he hides... But he'd rip man apart. Yeah, I know, but still, we have guns and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's aware we have guns. Yeah. But look, it... Uh, now, the Patterson-Gimlin film he talks about as being proof. We've just had a watch of yeah, it there. Yeah, we watched it, and people can watch it on our Facebook page and Instagram. That so basi- it's bas- Yeah, it's basically yeah. a video of what looks like a, a Bigfoot walking yeah. through a forest. But he's walking quite casually, like a guy walking down the street. Yeah. And then he just turns around and has a look over his shoulder. Yeah, but the way I see it, right, if we saw a Bigfoot 
genuinely outside now when we caught it on film and it was good quality video. Yeah. No matter what, people are going to say that's a guy in a suit. But the thing is, there there is no good quality video. That is, and it's the same thing. I know we're going to do a lot there of these is things. HD video. <laughs> yeah, but no, of a Bigfoot. Oh, I know. <laughs> We've got 4K video. Oh, there's no such thing as high quality video. Everything is bur- blurry. Like if we have oh, of course. 4K video, yeah. people will still say Because yeah. that's what he said. Like, but uh, he does believe that someday soon we're going to get a body. He reckons someone's sitting on a body. Now, I as in, remember at the end of the interview, he said, as their oh, coach. I reckon I said, well, how come we haven't got a body yet? And he reckons, oh, I reckon it's come. And be, there are people that have theories that Bigfoot has been caught but there but why would anyone if any, if anyone found a genuine Bigfoot they're in I, my opinion they're not going to sit on it why would you you'd I'd be first thing I'd be on to the newspapers look what I got and he's in my gaff and what would you be able to do with him would you be able to like charge people charge I don't know send him to the him. zoo or would you well, would, they, would they get their own rights would there be human rights or oh, yeah. Bigfoot rights I don't know if he died of natural causes if I didn't kill him and yeah. I had Bigfoot in the gaff I'd charge people would you come if I had Bigfoot in I the would gaff, go would you come? How much would you pay? Depends. You only live down the road there, so I'd go. But I don't know how far I'd travel to see but him. But if I said, if you, I was like, man, there is a genuine Bigfoot in here. Do I'd, you want to see it? I'd say, yeah. And if I said, 25 quid. Done. Yeah, take my money. Take oh, it. Here you go. 50. No, you said 25. 25, yeah, you can look, I, 25, you can look in the window. 50, you can come in and meet him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 75, you keep, what else could I do to him? And you're like, no, 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 no. Okay, so with the Patterson-Gimlin film, which is... One of the most famous pieces of supposedly Bigfoot ever. And that was back in 58? Um, no, the 60s. Oh, sorry. We're not going to go looking for dates yeah, again. I won't yeah, do that to you. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. But a guy who was an associate of Patterson at that time, Patterson being... Roger, one of the filmmakers. Roger yeah. Patterson, one of the filmmakers. A guy called Bob Hieronymus came out and said, I, he was an associate of the guys, and he said, look, I was wearing an ape costume. That was me in a suit. And, like, obviously... Bigfoot experts everywhere think, you know, he's doing it for attention. But even one, he went on TV in the 90s and he took a lie detector test. We've just seen that there, yeah. And it came back that he was telling the truth that he was wearing a costume. But then other Bigfoot people say Roger and Roger Patterson took a lie detector and it said he wasn't lying as well. So I do not know what to believe. The only thing is that lie detectors, as much as they are used in the likes of Jeremy Kyle and all those sort of things, they do not use them in court because they're not 100% accurate. So I they, know, I know. I think people, yeah. there is a way to teach yourself to fail. I'd still like, be often nervous taking a lie detector test. I will, yeah. 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 I'm a pretty good liar, but I presume I'd probably get caught out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, look, it's interesting, right? It is. So, so and is that guy, I, I know maybe you don't know, but is that his sole job? Is that what he does? Who? The guy, the investigator. Carter. No, Carter, a, he's a bit of a... He does a few things. He's a stand-up comedian. <laughs> okay. He's a realtor. He sells houses. And that, that's kind of his passion and his hobby. Oh, okay. But he is. He investigates as much as he can. And he's a squatcher. He goes squatching on the can. side. Okay. Another thing I've kind of thought about when it comes to Bigfoot and people who like Bigfoot. Like, say if me and you were into squatching, which is yeah. how I'd find a Bigfoot. If every couple of weekends and we free time, we're like, come on, go squatching. And we got camp food. We got a few... Yeah, a bit, we a bit of up, fun. It'd be a bit of crack. So then if things come out to disprove Bigfoot and it kind of, you know, to take away from you want hobby, You'd want it to yeah, be true. So but he said he said it was his third sighting, so he expected to see something when he was out there yeah. in a triangular formation with his friends. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, so, like, he expected. He expected to see something, and he did see something. But yeah. it's just the whole thing. It's every time. It's just never clear, and it's never... His camera wasn't recording. Yeah, I know. It's unfortunate that yeah. he just happened to have stopped recording when it happened, yeah. and that's, that is quite unfortunate. Um, but... Uh, I just I don't know it's, there, it, there always seems it just seems thing, to be a lack of evidence yeah well one thing people always say is like there are new species 
discovered all the time. That is very there true. Species like the size of pigs and things like. There that. are people living types. in the Amazon that have never had human contact. We've never seen them. Never exactly. met them. There's people on. You know what? Yeah. Of course. They're, they're still discovering new species yeah. all the time. And but a 10 foot tall hairy guy living in the middle. And are they, is there like talk? Do they have families? Are they? Well, I would obviously, pre- I would presume so. Actually, another interesting. You presume. Okay. So, right, but, but when we talk about, when you said about the families, they would obviously be herds of, I, mean, I don't know. If yeah, but if they're like humans, they're going to kind of like, you know what I mean? Are they going to be like chimps where they kind of like yeah. stay in pod? I don't know. It's not pods. I but, don't but, know. But, another theory is that they live in caves. That's another okay. theory. And in Asia, yeah, where do they go? That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. I know, but it, like, well, the, the thing about the vastness of you can't see it now, but if you look at aerial footage of the Pacific Northwest forestry, yeah. it is massive. They say there's wreckages from World War Two, plane wreckages that still haven't been found because it is such a vast area. Okay. Like they cannot explore yeah. it all. In 1884, a creature believed to have been a young Bigfoot was captured. There's records of this in America. Walked on two feet, was four foot tall, and they believed it was a young Bigfoot. And it's it a hairy escaped. kid. And it well, no, it wasn't a hairy kid. They knew, and it stank, and it escaped <laughs> from a transport train. But that is actually yeah, interesting. okay. One of the presidents back, back in the it's 80s. unfortunate for them that like that they stink, isn't it? Yeah, but that that's maybe they think we stink. That's one common thing that's meant to be with them is mm. they stink. And is there any noises? Do they have any reports of how they sound like? Do they howl? No do they howl or do no they? Idea. You have no idea. They're okay. meant to sing. No. <laughs> no, but um, okay. So another thing, right? That people like say to do with facts about Bigfoot. Yep. There's things called eDNA, environmental DNA, right? Okay. So where they found Bigfoot tracks, supposedly, fur that has been gathered from the areas around trees, and um, have they've sampled it? Okay. There's obviously a library of DNA that they can sample it against that has literally every species on record. Absolutely. And there is a. We're getting scientific yeah, here. There is a Good. trace of hair, right? Okay. That they found in all these areas that is very. It's like okay. It's new. It's like ninety-five percent human, but the five percent could be the difference between a chimp and a human, but it's unrecognised DNA. Okay. So that's what they find interesting. Is and who, 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 who is, you see, who's published this? You don't, um, you don't, you, if you don't have it, you don't know. I don't so, that's okay, because sometimes it's, it's I just, that's fact. <laughs> it's fake news, guys, it's fake news. Yeah. It's not, yeah. But that's the thing, I, I know, it's just... Okay, another interesting thing, right? Yeah. A theory that people have is, have you ever heard of Gigantopithecus? Uh, I heard. Yeah, okay, that's like a, a species of like uh, early man or a, a branch off. No, of no, no. Well, what a Gigantopithecus was uh, a giant ape, which was like three meters tall, twice the size of a normal ape. Okay. There's been bone found. This was a creature that yeah. lived on Earth about ten uh, hundred thousand years ago. Ten hundred thousand years ago. No, no. Sorry, I meant to say ten. I said it was a hundred thousand years okay. ago. Okay. Gigantopithecus lived on Earth. He was a Let's giant ape. Can I just stop you for a second? Yes. Good on him. Uh, good on you pr- pr- pronouncing that. Gigantopithecus. Yeah, no, it's pretty I, good. I said it a good Have few times. Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus. Oh, there we go. Basically, right, the skull of a Gigantopithecus, they estimate, no, they don't estimate, they know it's like three to four times bigger than a normal ape. Do they have this in a museum somewhere? Oh, no, they have it. Like, okay, I can't exactly, t- it was a, a paleontologist in China that was in like a Chinese medicine shop. Okay. Years and years ago, I can't give it the exact years. That's okay. They found a tooth. Okay. He found a tooth in the shop, and he knew that it was not from a strange tooth. Yeah. Then they found the jawbone, and through science and how they advanced, they know it's from a 
prehistoric ape. Basically. Very good. Okay, cool. So there are some theories that Gigantopithecus isn't extinct. Okay. That they reckon he has evolved. Yep. The ape has evolved to walk on two legs like we have. Yep. Has grown intelligence and back a hundred thousand years ago has migrated from Asia over to North America. Yeah. And that that is where it's living. It's a more intelligent ape. Like, I don't know. I don't know. How and it probably kept it there because it lives outside. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But I, like, I don't know how I feel about Bigfoot. If you want, we've got another interview we could listen to. Absolutely. With, yeah. Okay, so here where I was talking to Michael. Michael is in his 70s. You'll hear it in the interview. He owns a Bigfoot museum in California. And we just had a chat about Michael had an experience with Bigfoot when he was younger. So we'll have a listen to that now. Perfect. Hi, my name is Michael Rugg. I'm uh, 73 years old. And I live in Central California. And operate a Bigfoot museum here. Okay, uh, Michael, thanks a million for coming on the show and agreeing to talk to us. Um, so, Michael, can you tell me you've had a, you've had your own personal encounter with a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch? Could you tell us a bit about your encounter that you've had? Yes. Um, well, it took place when I was about four years old. <laughs> so I went with my parents camping. Uh, my dad was a fisherman. My mom uh, was a driftwood collector, and that was a big fad uh, around here back in the 50s. And so he once had a sawmill 300 miles north of here, but the mill burnt down in the late 30s. So the family moved to the uh, East Bay where I was born. I was the youngest in a family of five. But my two older brothers were like 10, 12 years older than me, and so they didn't really uh, relish going camping with the parents when they reached their teenagers. So I was the only one that went along for the family outings at that point. So anyway, it was my mother, myself, and my dad, and we were camping in a tent next to the Eel River, which is uh, a very uh, nice area with uh, lots of redwood trees and this sort of thing. Um, and the river was a pretty good-sized river. It's in uh, Northern California. So it was uh, 5.30 in the morning, when my dad uh, woke us up, and he was uh, 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 always wanting to get up around that time whenever we'd go out camping. I didn't like it as a kid. You know, you want to sleep in when you're a child. Anyway, we got up at 5.30, and he pulled out the camp stove and proceeded to start to make breakfast. But breakfast was going to be some trout that he caught the night before. And I'll tell you what, he, he cooked them without cutting the heads off. And at four years old, I really didn't appreciate eating dead fish for breakfast. Yeah. So so looking at those those fish discouraged me. So I decided to boycott breakfast. So I took off down the trail, and I didn't tell my parents I was leaving. Uh, but I uh, followed the trail along the river's edge. And I don't know how far I went, uh, six, seven hundred yards, maybe more. Anyway, I couldn't see my parents anymore. I was quite a ways from them. How old were you at this stage, stage Mike? Well, I was, I was four years old. Okay. So, yeah, I was in the middle of my fourth fourth year. And so I, uh, walking down the trail edge, and I saw a sandbar sticking out into the river. And I thought, well, that's a better uh, vantage point, so let me get out on the sandbar. I pushed my way through the 
tall reeds growing next to the shore. Stepped out and got in the middle of the sandbar. And then I could see downriver and across the river and upriver much better from that vantage point. And uh, the river went right past, you know, where we were. Um, and there was just forest behind it. So as I'm looking around, I glance back at the forest that I had just stepped out of to get onto that sandbar. And there's this gigantic hairy person standing there looking at me. And uh, this dude, this dude was really tall. Um, I remember thinking that if I piled my mom and dad would stack up on each other standing up, they wouldn't be that tall. And it was covered from head to foot with uh, long hair. And how far away from you was it at this point? Oh, geez, I don't think it was more than about 10 yards. And, uh, like, how uh, do you remember how you felt at that time? Well, I, I was just uh, stunned. Uh, I was awestruck because I had never seen anything like that before. I had no frame of reference for it. There was no name I could apply to it. You know, uh, it, it was just something new. This would have been before and, uh, any of the, like, Bigfoot prints would have came out and things yes, like that. This was, a couple of, this was a couple of years before they broke the news of the abominable snowman. That was 1952. My sighting took place around 1950. So there was no references to this. The only people who knew about Harry Wildman at that time were those who had seen one or knew someone who had. And what did, what, did, what, what did the creature do when you saw it? Can you remember? Uh, yeah, it just it just stood there and kind of tipped its head back and forth a little bit, um, sideways, and it was just kind of checking me out. And I think it was probably curious to see how I would react to it. Um, and, and people always ask me, did it smell bad? No, I didn't smell anything. From the creature, but I was uh, I was probably uh, upwind from it, you know. So my odor was going towards him rather than the opposite. And we we not we not terrified as a four year old looking at this giant hairy monster. No, I wasn't because he wasn't doing anything scary. Yeah, you know, he wasn't going boogie boogie, you know. I hadn't been taught to be afraid of it because, like I said, people in general didn't know about. Yeah. So there was no. Well, if, I, if, I, if I didn't, if I didn't know what a, you know, giant hairy monster man looked like, I'd still I can imagine as a four year old, as a four year old seeing it and kind of being a bit freaked out. Uh, well, you may think so, but I know that I wasn't, and uh, maybe it's just because I'm 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 kind of into that sort of thing, uh, animals and stuff. I always always been into apes, and then after this this sighting, I was even more so. Did you tell your Did you tell you when you went like? Uh, did it? Who walked? Did it walk away first? Did you walk away? I I walked away. Okay, and it so stayed I, looking at you. It was looking at me when I turned and left, and I and I so I was standing there looking you right in the eye. At that point, we were having eye contact for about a count of three, and uh, right as we got to about three, I heard my mother screaming. Because you, you, where are you? Okay. So I could hear her screaming for me. And so I realized at that point, uh-oh, mom's looking for me. And they don't know where I am. So I guess I better get my butt back there. 
Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't want to go. I wanted to look at this guy some more, but I turned and I ran back towards my parents. And when you got back to your parents, did you tell them what you saw? Yeah. I bumped into them on the way back because they were already heading out looking for me. And so we kind of bumped into each other and I said, I'm okay. And then I told them, I said, I just saw a big hairy man. And they said, what? You know, and I tried to describe it and they, they didn't know how to relate to it at all. And what I was talking about. They probably thought you saw a tree or a bush or something. I can imagine being four years old, they they just kind of fobbed you off. Well, you would think so, yeah. Because kids do make up stories. And and there's a good chance that they would have done that. But they didn't. They actually gave me the benefit of the doubt. And they followed me when I asked them to come and see it. So I turned and ran back towards the big guy and uh, with them on my heels. So then we got to the sandbar. Uh, I went out on the sandbar and looked around, and there was nowhere in sight. Oh, and, um, so the two of them, at that point, looked around for about a second and a half. I mean, you know. And they said, oh, don't worry. Forget about it. It yeah. was probably a trend. I thought, so I, like what I think, I can't remember much from when I'm four years old, but if I saw yeah. something like that at four years old, I'm sure it would stick with you. Is that, is that like your, your, your earliest memory? Oh, yeah. But I have another memory from that period that's equally as uh, uh, vivid. And that's how I tested my mother's memory because she didn't remember either event. Because I asked her, do you remember when I said I saw a big hairy man, you know? Yeah, she, yeah. She was 96. Oh, really? She was 96. And needed my help, and then I asked her that. And she said, no, she didn't remember. But I had another event at that time. Uh, we were uh, up in that same area. And I was with my mom and my dad, and uh, my my dad's secretary came along. He was running a lumber yard, and he had a secretary who was my mother's best friend. And a lot of the time, she would come with us so that she could hunt driftwood with my mom. So this was on another occasion, and we were sitting there in a little um, hamburger stand where they where they raise their own uh, cattle, and uh, eating uh, fresh hamburgers and looking down at the river. And uh, the two uh, women said, boy, we'd sure like to get in that river and get some driftwood. But we forgot to bring any gear. We don't have any uh, uh, bathing suits. And so, you know, it was an off time of year. There weren't a lot of tourists around anyway. So they decided, well, hell, we'll just go in our underwear. What's it going to hurt? There's nobody here to watch us. So uh, they stripped down their underwear. And, and then, of course, my dad went to do his thing, to do his fishing and, and see if any of his cronies were around. And um, so we're walking along the river, the three of us, and all of a sudden this Navy helicopter comes flying over. And when the helicopter saw the two broads in their underwear, (laughs) it came down real low, and it was hovering over the river, and the the guys inside were waving, and uh, my mom and her friend waved back, and it was all this big deal because they were in their... uh, their underwear. Yeah, yeah. And so I was—I remember that very vividly because of that helicopter. Yeah, yeah. And so I asked my mother, I asked my mother, do you remember when the helicopter came down? And she said, no. So, but she established one thing for me. She said that, because uh, I asked her, I said, when was the last time that we went as a family up to the Eel River? And she said, oh, that's easy. 
because your dad gave me some keys and said, we now have a cabin in Felton and we have a creek right there and we don't have to go up to Humboldt anymore to do our fishing and, and driftwood hunting. And she, she said that was in 1952. So my event happened prior to 1952. Okay. And that would have put me at a, around age four or so. And like Michael, say now when, uh, Years later, when you see when you've seen, I suppose, newspaper articles and different things like footage, Bigfoot or pictures up online or stories that you heard, did you automatically yeah. think years later, "Oh my God, that must have been the thing I saw when I was four years old"? Uh, well, no. What happened was uh, my parents telling me that was just a tramp, no big deal. Uh, that pushed it into the back of my head as, as you know, okay, I, a tramp is a person 10 feet tall that doesn't wear much clothes. But what I didn't mention was the Bigfoot I saw had what looked like a plaid shirt clinging to one arm. I, I think what he did was he took a shirt off a clothesline that was drying and he tried to put it on and he could only get it on up to his armpit. And so he left it hanging there. He, this Bigfoot had a shirt on. This one had a shirt on his arm. Okay. That's unusual. It reminded me of, uh, of uh, the Hulk after he's hulked out. Yeah, yeah. Closed and hanging on. But anyway, so many, many years later, I uh, well, first I should mention it was in 1952 when they published pictures of the footprints on Mount Everest, and they called it the Abominable Snowman. Yeah. So I, I was immediately interested in that, but I did not make a connection with that and my sighting because the abominable snowman is always depicted as a white ape. Yeah, yeah. Right? And what I saw was not an ape. Yeah. It wasn't white. It was a man, and it was just huge, and it was hairy. But when I read an account in one of the books that I've collected – one of the first books on Bigfoot where there's a bunch of accounts from eyewitnesses. There was a woman who said she saw a Bigfoot on the Eel River near Eureka in 1950, and that Bigfoot had some clothing. Really? And then that's what triggered my flashback memory of my sighting. Because you kind of, you remembered the shirt on the arm. Yes. Yeah. That's, God, that's mad. So right then I said, oh, my God, no wonder I'm so obsessed with this. I saw one. Yeah. So and then I tried to do a... Sorry, no, go, go on. Ahead. Well, I tried to do a reconstruction of my family history, and I didn't do a good job because I thought it was in 1956 when this happened. And that would have made me 10 years old, and I don't see how I could forget a Bigfoot at age 10. Yeah. So then when I asked my mother and we established that it was prior to 52, well, that made more sense that I could forget it. Yeah, yeah. Because I was much younger. Um, and and that, like you, you now own a Bigfoot museum, Michael. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I did some research into Bigfoot with clothing, and I found five or six other mentions. And were they all in the, the same location in that time? Uh, well, I don't remember all the details on yeah. that. Yeah. But I do know that there was an, uh, at least a half a dozen other reports of Bigfoot with clothing. More often than not, I think at least two of them, they were ponchos. Now, poncho is just a blanket with a hole in it. Oh, right. 
You just kick your head through. Yeah, I know, I know the punch is. Oh, that's very interesting, Michael. Um, look, I'm, thanks for talking to us. So you now you own a Bigfoot museum in California. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Oh, that's very interesting. Look, and uh, Michael, I appreciate you coming on the show. So that was Michael's interview. Yeah, that was, uh, once again, quite a lot to take in. Um, one of the things, I suppose, that sticks out for me straight away is him being able to recall such clarity of his memories when he was four, which is amazing. Yeah. Because I find it difficult to remember. I do have early memories being yeah. calm and stuff. But and I can imagine if you saw something If you saw that, something that much, yeah. I have to say, just a little thing, the fact that his parents out camping, if I was out camping with my four-year-old, I would keep my eye on them. Yeah. For the fact that he wandered off into the woods... No, shame parents. Shame anyway. on the parents, yeah. But I suppose uh, different times back then. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Although they did say that it was probably just a tramp, a tall tramp. They said it was and a tramp. And yeah, hanging around in the forest. I did think, well, I found it quite funny that he reckoned the Bigfoot tried to put on a shirt. That was, yeah. And then like just, a well, poncho, I suppose, yeah, a, a poncho. But the shirt, putting on the shirt, taking it off a washing line, putting the shirt. It's an interesting theory. Imagine you're in the kitchen making your morning coffee and you look out and you're like, Oh man, my favourite feckin' jersey. What are you at? Bigfoot grabbing it, heading off, sticking one arm through. Why did he take that one? Why didn't he take that one? Well, because it was your favourite. He got good good taste. God. But look, that was interesting. And uh, Michael, uh, he's got the Bigfoot Museum in California. Yeah, I suppose. I I don't know. Can you probably go online and check that out? Yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, Robert, I just... How do you feel now? We've gone through our... We've gone through our interviews. We've talked about the footage. Where do you stand now in terms of... Are we not going to mention the fact that uh, his mother... And his, his dad's secretary. Why was he? Why was his father bringing the secretary along anyway? But we won't get into that. that. that but also story. the fact that uh, <laughs> they were just in their underwear. And why? Why? I, a very interesting part of the story. I liked it. Yeah. No bigfoot relevance to it. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah. He was. But he wanted to kind of express how his memory, his mother's memory of that his time memories. Yeah. 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 Well, look. As you said, look, you've presented me with some serious evidence. Well, not serious evidence, but you've given me some. Some evidence, you've some evidence and it's interesting. I suppose. Like most things, it's you can't really be sure. You can't yeah. know, and I'm very much of the I need to see it to believe it sort of thing. Yeah. But I, if these people are out there, this is a 70-something-year-old man, and he's obviously been telling this story and believing this story for the past 60-something years. But as well for other people, like, for you to make up your own mind, look online. There are actually some other recent Bigfoot videos that you can look at. But people, And I wonder, are they all people messing and having the crack? One interesting one I came across. Is it a tourism thing? Well, the, we, yeah, Willow Creek. Yeah. is a town in uh, the Pacific Northwest and it's massive like that's where the most sightings have been and that is it like there it's Bigfoot everywhere there you've got the Bigfoot Motel Bigfoot Avenue it's all Bigfoot in Willow Creek and that's I suppose a lot of squatchers that go to Willow yeah, Creek yeah go squatching so that is yeah there is a tourist element to it as well I suppose but I suppose look if if I saw one and then I went around telling everyone, people are going to think I'm crazy. No one's yeah. going to believe me. They're not going to say, are oh, you, yeah. Are you basically trying to tell me you've seen one and you're not telling me? I, I don't know what I... No, I tell you. <laughs> I tell you. I think you'd believe me. But I suppose that's the whole thing. It's like when you see something like that, if you do see something strange and you well, tell people... But, 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 but when you go to tell people, like, do you just walk into the cop, into the police station, the guard station and go, I'd like to report. And they're just going yeah, to go, yeah. I've seen a big, huge, hairy man. He's 10 foot tall. He smelled really bad. Uh, he was in the forest. That's and they're going to go like... What are you smoking? Yeah. Uh, but they're not gonna. No one's gonna believe you. But if it's if it did happen, you know what I mean. I don't know. But if someone, if one of my mates, if someone came up to me and said, sat me down and said, "Man, I'm after seeing," I I believe them. If they were, you would. If yeah, were, that's the and thing. It was, yeah. it was a massive hairy thing. It tried to hug me and whatever. Like yeah, I, I hugged it like, back. I, yeah, the yeah. mood was right. I'm getting yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs>
But uh, no, look, it's interesting. It's an interesting fact. We hope we will not know by the time this podcast airs. There may we may have a body. There may be a body. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. You see, evidence. Evidence is what you need. But I suppose evidence then takes away the mystery. Yeah, I think a lot of people would be very disheartened if it wasn't real. Do you know what I mean? I, but I think the truth is out there somewhere, and I suppose the not knowing allows it to the wonder to carry on. Yeah, an interesting fact about. Like people trying to find them, there's been guys who have put motion sensor cameras around the parts of the Pacific Northwest forestry where there's been claimed to be sightings. So they put motion sense sensor cameras around to pick up night cameras and whatever. And they discovered a new species of weasel that was like seen to be extinct like oh, very hundreds good. of years ago. They're like, oh man, we found him on that, but no Bigfoot as of yet. What do they think? Does any, any idea what does a Bigfoot eat? I don't, but have they ever found a Bigfoot poop? Have they ever found any poop? Um, I don't know I'm not too sure to be honest that'd be something you would yeah. expect to find if yeah, something is that big it must have a big poop wouldn't it yeah maybe it buries it like a dog though you never know does the dog bury its poop what it eats is if you think does about it? your man E. Walker the missionary we spoke of and the Indians the Spookan Indians he wrote about it coming down to steal the people's fish yeah the tribe's fish so it eats fish it smells bad does the dog bury its poop it wears ponchos does, it, does the dog bury its poop I've walked on dog poop on the road. Oh, sorry, it doesn't bury its poop. Some animals bury their poop, though. Oh, okay. Anyway, but dogs, that's... you know when a dog poops, it does that kind of flick. Oh, yes, but well, okay, it's yeah, you're probably right, yeah. They can't just bury it on a road because it's made of concrete, I suppose, yeah. Do you, if you pooed outside, would you bury it? No, I just okay. walk away. I try and I try and get out of there as quick as I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's that... For poo, okay. <laughs> that's for another podcast. Uh, that's for another podcast, yeah. Okay. Um, okay, well, I think that concludes episode one of the World of Wonder podcast. We've gotten through it, and more importantly, you, the listener, have gotten through it. So, yeah. congratulations to you. If you've enjoyed this, if you could send 20 euros to <laughs> my Patreon account, yeah, but so, uh, okay, no, a big thing to get out to everyone is you gotta check out our Facebook page, which is Robin Rat's Wow Podcast. Check it out there, and then you can find the video of um, Carter Bouchard, and you can see the clip of Bigfoot. Check out Rob Rat Podcast on Instagram. You can follow us there. And give us your thoughts. And do we have an email address? We have an email address. It's worldofwonder2019 at gmail.com. So if you have any questions or, you know, give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Great. Okay, well, that's uh, us signing off. So thanks very much. So you... Next week, we're going to be oh, delving yeah. into the world of UFOs. Do you know what I was trying to do there is the, uh, the X-Files music, but I can't do it. Can you do it? Dude, I can't, I can't do it. Well, by next week, hopefully, I'll have learned how to do it. All right, we'll talk to you then. Bye-bye, guys.